a Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, right now I'm joined by Dr. Graham Downs from the Music Department of the School of Performing Arts here at the University of Otago. Morena to you, Graham. Good morning. How are we today, sir? We're very well, thank you. That is good, that is good. Tallyho 3 takes place this Saturday uh, at the Dunedin Town Hall. Number 3, has it gotten any easier? Uh, no, it gets harder. <laughs> um, I mean, perforce, I'd have as much time and I wouldn't want to have redone the whole show anyway so there are some some songs from the first one mm-hmm. some of the big expected hits that you would you know um, mm. given the celebratory nature of the of the gig coinciding with the 150th so you know obvious ones like Pink Frost and Getting Older and etc mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. included from the first one there's some from the second show and there's seven new ones that I've worked on over the last year yeah, yeah, yeah. to get them uh, c- running like you said, 150 years of the university this year, and it's kind of coinciding with, with Tallyo 3. Um, I mean, how much of a role did the university play in in the early days of uh, what was coming out of, Dun- uh, you know, the music coming out of Dunedin? How many of these musicians came out of town? How many were, were born here? Like, quite a, f- you know. Well, a fair number of us were born here. Yeah. I mean, like yeah Shane right. Martin and myself, um, and others have become domiciled here, and uh, of course, Anthony Tonnen and yeah, Nadia Reed included in the program again this this year. Yes, um, they're locals, so you know it's um, you, you actually you have to stop and think what someone in the Guardian would say, <laughs> which is what a city of 120,000 people producing this much top class songwriting that can jump ship to be perform with an orchestra and not do it once but do it three times Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you want to want to just kind of like assess how unique Dunedin is you just think about that question Mm. because it's not possible anywhere else in the world well I mean unique just to have a a symphony orchestra in a city of our size true indeed you know and it's a really good hard-working orchestra too yeah and um and they're so up for this. I mean, you know, each time we do it, the orchestra gets pretty excited because, you know, usually we get a pretty good house. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a great event um, because, you know, they, you know, their normal business is, you know, you know, dead white men from Europe. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> so this is sort of really something that that I think they start to cherish now as as an experience for themselves to to be able to play this remarkable music. Mm. Um, you know, a Dunedin orchestra playing Dunedin music is yeah. pretty special. You wouldn't want anyone else doing it, really, would you? No, no, no. Um, you know, but these songs—they're rock songs, they're folk songs. Um, you know, they're, they're guitar-based songs for the most part. I mean, how is it orchestrating that? How is it scoring these kinds of songs? What kind of challenges are involved? Each one's different. Um, the best way to explain it really is that. You know the, the division to me of, of rock music and classical music. It's kind of like a canard. It's, it's you know just we create on guitars and, and work in three piece bands or sometimes four piece bands if we think we <laughs> really can afford because that's what it is. It's economics. Rock bands are just poverty. Yeah. Oh yeah. That you, it, it's a it's a way of being able to access something that can make a sound from which you can craft a narrative and then you can go out on the road and play it to people. I mean, orchestras are horrendously expensive, mm. you know, um, thousands of dollars every time they turn out for a rehearsal. So um, so just because they're created on rock instruments, the songs, it doesn't really mean that, that, that they kind of go into a pigeonhole of this is rock music because, 
you know, a lot of the songs, and this is a Dunedin sound thing anyway, is that a lot of the songs, there's really important big passages of just music, not words, yeah. that do a lot of the poetic work of, yeah. of the communication thing, you know, and straight jacket fits, you know, numerous chills ones as well mm-hmm. you know like like pink frost i mean you don't get the voice until a minute 20 or something you know and that, that music that starts it is really really important it's and, it's a sim- right now. and it's a process it's a symphonic thing of going yeah. from from ignorance and daylight down into the darkness and, and the depths of what's humanly possible um and the music does all that work so yeah. in that respect that's kind of they're kind of symphonically put together anyway in, in many regards and so they they take pretty well you know, other ones that are difficult, you know, say, oh, I don't want you anyway, but Blue Go Purple, when I started doing that, when I thought, how am I going to translate this? Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, um, it's just taking horizontal events of a strum pattern and making them vertical and giving them a melodic voice for for single voice instruments. Because yeah, that bass line, the, 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 the driving bass on that song. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, so you just take that and then you just make him you just make a melody yeah. that is pulsing in that same kind of fashion mm. and all of a sudden it all comes together and, and, it, and it works. Um, oh. And so, yeah, the, each one's a bit of a, a, a trial and a... And, a, um, and you, sometimes you have to... I kind of have to invent stuff and other times I don't have to invent as much, you know. Is there a difference between those classic tracks and, and the more modern stuff, say from Anthony and, and, and Nadia Reid? Um, well, not really, no. I mean, yeah, Nadia's stuff's obviously a little bit more towards the folk spectrum, mm. but, but, you know, I mean, the process that I went through with Roy before he passed was, you know, we'd both draw up lists and then we'd look at the songs yeah. <laughs> that were on both of our lists and um, looking at, is the song still great? Has it lasted? Is yeah. it still, does it still have impact? And you go, well, yeah, okay, if the chills go to America, they're going to have to play Pink Frost every night, aren't they? <laughs> because, <laughs> right, yeah, so it, it's, it, this is the way that canons work, if you will, is yeah. it just boils down to the practicality of people paying money and what they expect to hear. Mm. And um, and with Nadia's stuff and Tono's stuff, it's a question of can the song be on the same stage with all these other iconic ones and not get its butt kicked? Yeah. The answer is yes, it yeah, can. Totally. And that's that's the process that I go through, or Roy and I used to go through, is, you know, is this going to fit? Is yeah. It, is it going to be able to join the club and stand tall? And, you know, um, from the second one, which Nadia and Tono were involved in, the answer is yes, you know. Did Roy pick the Villain song so you didn't have to? Um... He made some suggestions. I mean, he, he's he wanted to do for the second one. He wanted to do some of the really big songs, you know. Um, and so he suggested doing the ballad of Harry Norab, and I says, "No way!" <laughs> I couldn't even consider doing that. But having done the second one, um, so almost at a it's a posthumous Roy pick, I decided to have a go at doing it because it's about eight minutes long. It's, mm. a, it's a really big song. That's and a lot of work. And a lot of work, yeah, you know. So, and it sort of becomes exponential with your workload. A three-minute song takes this long. A four-minute song takes twice as long. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've got so many different things to manage in terms of the the troughs and the peaks of of sound mm-hmm. for a song like that. So it is kind of really hard work. Um, but yeah, so you know, that's that's going to be an experience in itself. And you know, some of the other big straight jacket fit songs that I've I've done, like Cast Stone. 
yeah, a great track. Um, and yeah, so yeah, there's some, some big things are going to happen. Nice, nice. Must be interesting with the track jacket fit songs because you've got you know Shane and Andy and and all the stuff. You know, where do you go? What do you pick? Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it basically boils down to. That yeah. um, usually they're hits. Sometimes yeah. they're not. Sometimes they're album tracks that might perhaps have been a bit forgotten, but mm. um, but ones that I thought would work really well, say for Annalise to sing. So, yeah. um, Annalise is singing Dark Dark Carnival off Brave Words, yeah. uh, which is a great track, mm. really evocative and really spooky and yeah. chilly, and it just orchestrated beautifully because of what it is, really. And it's great having uh, Anna back again. Yeah. She was here for the second one. I mean, such uh, an accomplished uh, graduate of, of Otago. Yeah. And has gone on to do some amazing things, just absolutely incredible soprano. Yeah. And amazing person to have taken the risk to do this the first time because, mm. you know, it, it, we were, you know, it's kind of, you know, teaming up with the enemy to a certain <laughs> in, in cultural terms. But, you know, she had the audacity to do it and pulled it off. Um, and she's still keen to be involved, and, and it's tremendous because that's that's also part of what Roy and I always envisaged. Well, Roy especially used to say that. He'd play songs that he thought were great to his more middle of the road friends, and they'd go, "It's horrible." Yeah. And he always maintained because they just couldn't get past the singing; it wasn't, you know, picture perfect singing of the type they're used to. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. get to what the song's actually doing, and so having Anna sing some of them, or Molly Devine or Lani Arlo, um, who are all involved again. Um, yes. You know, to have a more of a trained singer sing them and get past that barrier to, so that people can just hear what an amazing song Randolph's Going Home is, which they might have recorded from listening to Shane Carter and Peter Jeffries with just a guitar and a drum set, yeah, 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 right, yeah. in the original recording, which is pretty ropey. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, done real quick, real cheap, but orchestrated with Molly singing it. She just, you know, at the first show, and she's singing it again on Saturday, even though it's Shane's song. Yeah, but you know, um, she's made it her own, and um, she'll just smack the audience with her performance of it. It's amazing. So I mean, this it seems to be a, like a, a lot of amazing challenges within it um, from 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 every everywhere. Um, how are the you know how how do people like Shane and Tono and and other people have the, the the writers and uh, original performers of the songs? How do they react to it? You know, when it, when they first see these songs. Uh, in a new light. Um, have you ever had any negative reactions? <laughs> no, I haven't had any negative reactions. I mean, it's. I think Shane said it best. It's pretty ironic to be singing these songs that. Some of these songs that we wrote when we were quite young that we used to get beaten up for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a Brockville boy and a you know, punk rocker, you know, board games, you know. Pretty, yeah, you know, and a very turbulent sort of time in the early, late seventies, early eighties. Mm. Um, you know, Springbok tour and Scarfy bashing and punk bashing and all the rest of that stuff that was pretty vile back then. So yeah, to have them, I mean, it's a vindication. Yeah, that you know that the songs really are good. Yes. You know, they really are because they've lasted, and someone else can sing them, and you can completely change the format. And it sort of also, you know, in taking the Dunedin sound, the jangly guitars and the jangle and drone type thing, 
sort of proves that the Dunedin Sound thing is just excellent songwriting because you mm. take the way the, the sonic signifier of what it sounds like yeah. on the original recording and the, the song is still there and absolutely pristine and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so they, they have a good time. I mean, they get very excited about it. Um, and, they, you know, they all want to, you know, let's face it, you know, Martin's more or less planned part of his year about getting to the United States for his tour and getting back in time to sing at this. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it, is, it is a big deal. Um, and who knows, you know, we've recorded and filmed the second one and, and we will record and film this third one as well. Um, try, maybe try and do something with it this time. Um, it just takes a lot of time of post-production because I had to do the third one. I oh, yeah, had time to right. do any post-production yeah, yeah. on the second one. So it's kind of like, yeah. It's, it's sort of created a monster. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, need a, you need a bit of a gap. You need somewhere to breathe before. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Post-production's a huge amount of work, especially on something like well, that. Well, you know, it's just calculated. I mean, this, the, the three of them together, it's taken up the last five and a half years of my life. Yeah. Really. Um, you know, and I haven't written a song since 2015. Because I haven't, I haven't been able to write songs. Yeah, I've just been so, you know, immersed in this stuff. You know, sometimes you know it's around 100 hours per song to put all the dots. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work, and um, you know, so you know, last year it was a kind of well, should we do some post production on Tally Ho too? Well, no, you've been working six years on this Valenz album. You really <laughs> should get it out. You really should. So it starts to come down to prioritisation of what can be done. And we'll talk about that album next week, which yeah. is great. Um, but, yeah, I, you, you know, it's, you mentioned Martin because, you know, um, it's been a really good year. Like, I mean, amazing that South by the reception they got in South by Southwest for yeah. the film and, and the shows and, uh, you know, the, the premiere... Uh, the New Zealand premiere coming up here in, in Dunedin soon. Yeah, well, it's a very big time. It's a yeah. very big year for everybody. I mean, you know, Martin's tour, the film, Shane's book comes out in, yes, in right. May as well, and the Villains album, which is pretty stonkingly good, I think. I mean, yeah. it's a double album. Which, you know, it's double vinyl, it's 19 songs. Yeah. Um, so it represents a pretty major statement. Of, um, and it's a really... It's really difficult music. It's a difficult yeah. listen. You know. <laughs> Good, I like uh, that. And it, you know, pulls pulls everything in different emotional directions all over the place. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really big time for all of us, really. And uh, yeah, which is kind of nice in yeah. a way that, especially for Martin, you know, getting th through all his problems and you know, making you know a couple of albums in the last you know three years and you know. Uh, I emailed him the other day saying, "Shall I come round and we can rehearse this?" And he says, "No, nah, I've been been songwriting all night. I'm going to take a nap." Oh, that's so good. You know, and you kind of go, "Yeah, that's really cool." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I can just okay, right? You you're back on the horse, well yeah. and truly. So, so that's kind of cool. That's really cool. I mean, and um, you know, so it's been a hard battle for everybody. To I mean, let's face it, it's 40 years of flying none in 2020. So we've been doing this for. 40 plus years you know that's a, that's a long dedicated haul to sort of even believing that it's worth doing yeah you know to keep putting songs out against everything that gets thrown against you it must be easy to walk away yeah yeah which is, is 
Roger said the last time I met him when we were talking about the upcoming 40th, he says, well, if Flying Nun was a corner dairy, I would have walked away from it <laughs> a gazillion years ago. You know, yeah, It's yeah. true. There is massive temptation to silence because yeah. it, it would be easier. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you're talking about some pretty amazing people. And, and of course, you know, the other people that we do, there's a couple of Lugo Lu- Purple songs. And, yeah, um, and Jay Clarkson. You know, mm-hmm. man with no desire. We're going to play that again with, with Anna singing it. You know, they're, they're monster big songs and, Indeed. and uh, great contributions and some three D stuff there. And My favourite. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's it really is an impressive body of work that's going to be on show. And you know, I think hopefully Dunedin, you want to get behind it because it really is a special thing that could only happen here yeah yeah and i think they are getting behind it and it, one of the most important things for me is like you said you know i mean it's an impressive body of work over the course of 40 years but I mean, and it is because you're still making music now but there's also people like tomo and people like nadia and other artists that are coming through and have come through uh, that have just continued that tradition of making top quality uh international level um complicated and beautiful music yeah, yeah. Well, that that's it. You know, I had the pleasure of being able to teach Tono through his degree with me, and you know, I'm incredibly proud of his achievements. I mean, mm. you know, because you know his craftsmanship is just incredible. I mean, Water Underground, which is one that he's going to sing. You know, just you think about how subtle that is, uh, of kind of the you know, it's a critique, but it's never the critique is never actually kind of like spoken yeah. it's kind of like you know what kind of economic system have we after centuries of getting by with the water above ground do we need to have <laughs> to be extracting water from underground it's kind of like it's just a, you know the unspoken question it just lets the absurdity of of you know and he's 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 but he when he did his music degree he did some economics papers and of course his first ep was called love and economics yeah, and, and the finance company yeah title and the finance company so he really he did actually did a, an awful lot of research about the mindsets of of how people work and, yeah and how economic thinking comes to be um to be what it is and how complete divorce of price and value (laughs) (laughs) he was a man of economics he lived in my gimp room above the stairs at my old flat for a very long time and that was very cheap so yeah yeah, i mean this is part of it it's a celebration of in a way of a tradition of a tradition that still lives because us old buggers are still churning new material out and the fact that you know other you know younger people are in a way, a kind of in their own way, a kind of like upholding yeah. the tradition because you know it's it's dangerous for them too. You know, you want to stick, you want to, you know, you want to be on a stage with all these other iconic songs without, you know, yeah. As, as I said earlier, you know, am I going to get my butt kicked? And the answer is no. No, you yeah. can stand that company, and that says an awful lot about Nadia and Tono. That uh, and you know, and their achievements are starting to, um, you know, I mean. Nadia's clocking up some pretty serious hits on Spotify. Thirteen million for um, for one track. Yeah, that's massive. That's massive stuff. So, you know, we really are talking a convert that wonderful convergence of 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 quality and and popularity, which is fantastic. Yes, that's right. All right, um, Graham. Good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to have you here. Um, so the show is this Saturday, yep. Dunedin Town Hall. Dunedin Town Hall. Tickets from TicketDirect.co.nz. Uh, I believe. 
the regent box office. Or the regent. Yep. 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 Uh, uh, I think the, the student prices too. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, well, that's right. Get along and see some uh, history. If uh, if they haven't already found uh, the yeah. fine known catalogue, it's, it's probably a good way to get into it. Well, yeah. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it is part of history now, really. Mm. A, a very vibrant and living one. Yeah. Um, and if you've, you know, if you've been on the periphery by dint of being young, or if you're you know, older and we're not even here, yeah. or, or not even in Dunedin, or you know, only heard on the periphery what that this thing maybe exists. Well, if this is a fantastic opportunity to go along and see firsthand what it is, and you know, you can buy a program. The program have have the lyrics printed in them, so you, you know, even if you're hearing these songs for the first time, you can really engage with them. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was the experience of the first one is that you know various people that were involved that were you know university in the 70s and didn't didn't even know this existed Mm, mm. and then they went to the show and they're just going oh my god i never knew (laughs) well i've talked to molly about it before and she's like i never knew either and then she found all this stuff through doing the show yeah yeah and you know and she just pours her heart and soul into these things she does and um and you know they're marvelous you're not only seeing marvelous singers and songwriters but you're also seeing some of these other singers really kind of like investing in songs that are not theirs yeah. uh, and inhabiting them in a, in a wonderful way making them their own so you know it's a pretty staggering lineup. You know, if, if, it, if we were able to do this in London or New York yeah it would, oh yeah it would you know yeah. Might, might investigate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know. Have you got the time? Well, <laughs> someone's got some serious money, but you know, but it could be. You know, that's something that we could do in the future. Oh, it because would you don't be need, huge in London and New York. It'd be massive. Yeah, I know. It'd be massive. It would be massive. All right. Once again, um, thank you so much. We're going to play a couple of tracks now. Um, Nadia Reed's track is coming up, which is going to be in there. That's um, right on time. Mm-hmm. But here's Anthony's track Water Underground. Once again Graham thanks so much. Thank you. You're on the one. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.